Well, praise the Lord, my friends. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for more Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, we're going to go into part number four of the series entitled The Atmosphere of Miracles. I cannot wait until you hear today's message. It is subtitled, Be Like Jesus. And my friends, today it is more important than ever that we show the world who Jesus really is. It's our obligation and our responsibility to be like Christ in this world. So I can't wait for you to hear this message. Don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message and all the messages in the series. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Be Like Jesus. It is part four of the series entitled, The Atmosphere of Miracles. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here comes the Word of God. All right, all right, all right. Well, as you know, we've been in a series uh, for the last few weeks entitled, anybody? The Atmosphere of Miracles. That's correct. Remember that miracles are your legacy. It is your right as a born-again believer. It is your right as a son or daughter of God. It is your right to work with God, to partner with God, to perform supernatural acts. Uh, You have testimonies of God just doing supernatural things in the lives of his people. Uh, where he releases finances supernaturally, whether he heals someone's body, uh, whether he uh, gives someone an encouraging word through someone else who was not aware of the situation. You know, it is the spirit of God that is still working through his people. We've got to be in expectation of the Lord doing even greater things in this hour in which we're living in. Amen. Amen. Uh, Darkness is covering the earth. Uh, People are depressed. Uh, they are worried, they are fearful, they are doubtful, they, they don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. But here you are, you are a child of God, and you know the Father. And you ought to be able, and you are able to share with him a word from the Lord. Many times a miracle can happen just in a touch, and that's what we, were, we left off on last week, and we'll get back to that prayerfully today. Uh, But we just have to be in expectation of God using you every moment, every second. Just be in expectancy of God using you. Amen. Can you do that? Say with me, Lord, Lord, here am I. I. Send me. me. I'll go. go. Amen. Amen. Because there is I I tell you just just as you're sitting here, excuse me. Just as you are sitting here, there are people that are in the hospitals There are people in the emergency room. Their family members are sitting outside of the emergency room worried about what's happening to their loved one. As we're sitting here right now, there's someone else that's clinging to life on a ventilator. As we're sitting here right now. Right this very moment. And remember, a miracle is a divine interruption. When God intervenes, in a, certain, in a certain situation and causes a favorable outcome, a divine interruption in a bad situation, and God will cause a favorable outcome. But many times the father wants to be asked to come into the situation. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's just not going to bust the door down and, and come in. 
That's what the devil does. Whether you want him there or not, he's going to try to come in and mess up your life. But the Holy Spirit of God is a gentleman. He's going to wait until you ask him to come in. Like you say, come into my life, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus is not going to bust down your life. Even though he knows that if people don't receive them, there is hell. But he will still wait for you to invite him in. You have to invite him in. And so there are many desperate situations all around us. Many desperate situations. And the people don't know. They don't know. But they need a representative of heaven, a citizen of heaven that can pray for them. You have a connection with God Almighty. You say, well, Pastor, my connection is not like yours. Who told you that? We all have the same father. If you're born of God, we have the same father. And if you just spend a little bit more time with him, you'd have the boldness and confidence as well. See, that's entirely up to you. Amen. All right. There are a few things I need to share with you today, and then we will, we will exit the building. I pray that you'll give me. I pray that you will give me liberty to declare the word of God to you as the Lord has given it unto me. I pray that there will be no rushing about, praise God, but that your heart and mind will be open to receive what God has to say. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get to it. Uh, here's the first thing that God wants me to give you today and wants to make you aware of. We began on this on Wednesday night as the spirit of God began to just just really just flow it out of me. It's all I can say that it just began to flow. Um, God has called us to model Christ. To be like Christ, to model him. We're, we're, when you talk about modeling Christ, as a matter of fact, I was on the phone uh, praying with an individual in Atlanta on yesterday uh, that was also diagnosed with cancer. Um, she'd lost a lot of weight and she asked me to call in, so I called her. And as I began to call her, rather, as I began to pray with her over the phone, uh, I asked her some questions because I needed to see where her faith level was. Where is your faith? That's one thing we need to talk about, too, sometime. When you're praying for an individual, you need to know where they, you need to locate their faith level. Amen. Amen. Uh, if their faith level is in surgery, then, and if your faith level is in, I believe God's going to touch your life and heal the, take it out right now, you need to pray on their level or attempt to give them faith Empower them with more faith, empower them with the word that it can bring their faith level up to where yours is. But you must be on an even level when you're praying with someone in regards to faith. Okay? Because there could be a very, it could be a reason why God has said to them, I want you to go through surgery. Maybe because they need to minister to the doctors and nurses and so forth and so on. Sometimes God takes people through the long way. And you can't despise the long way around of healing. It may be his desire to take them through rehab, take them through the long way of healing. Then sometimes he takes them through the short route. Bang, right there. But you have to identify where they are by faith, where they are in their faith. I pray with several people. And after we have said amen, some immediately said Amen. Well, I hope so. 
The moment you said, well, or that they person said, well, I hope so. I hope God's going to do it. The moment they did that, they recall the angels back from assignment. We release them by faith in prayer and you're praying in the name of the Lord Jesus and you're binding and you're casting down and you're believing by the stripes of Jesus. You are healed and you declaring the word of God over their lives. And the moment they say, well, amen, I hope it's going to work. You just recall the angels back in from assignment and everything just stops again. So we need you need to find out where they are, where they are. They say, well, I need some money. I need some money. I need some money. Okay, where's your faith? Well, I'm just praying for a job. Hey, let's pray right there for a job. Find where their faith level is and you pray with them in agreement. Uh, There's power in agreement. But it won't do you any good nor them any good for you to pray a highfalutin prayer and they're not there. Are you hearing? Locate their faith. Where where are they? And to do that, all you got to do is listen to how they talk. Okay, listen to how they talk. Doesn't matter how much Bible you know. Doesn't doesn't matter how much time you have spent in the Word of God. You could be so powerful and might and great authority, the anointing of God is oozing out of you. But if the person you're praying with does not have the faith or the honor that you do, you. I'm not saying you wasted your time. I'm saying that you're not going to have the result that you that you believe in God for. Um, Because a a lack of honor and a lack of faith uh, can shut down the anointing. A lack of honor and a lack of faith can shut down the anointing. Just ask the Lord Jesus as he was ministering there in his own hometown in Nazareth. He could do nothing there but heal a, a few sick folk. Lay his hands on a few chickens, a few animals, heal them. That was it. The mighty, here's Jesus Christ, the mighty wonder worker, the one who walks on water, the one who speaks to the storm. I mean, he speaks to the elements and the wind obeys him. He speaks to the water and the water obey him. He speaks and demons obey him. He has sovereign authority. But there in Nazareth, nobody believed. Nobody honored him. Nobody honored him. There was no demand on the anointing and it shut it down. And so what did he do? He went right back instead of trying to push miracles. What did he do? He began to teach. He just went to the synagogues and began to teach to build the faith of those that were there. So miracles, miracles has two sides, has two sides. It is the one that is praying for the individual And it is also the individual that's receiving. Both the giver and the receiver have to be in agreement. They have to be in agreement. Okay. Uh, By and large, this is true. Now, we do know that in miracles, sometimes God will just do it. That's his prerogative. He will just do it. And he does just do it sometimes. And let's say both really didn't believe, but God did it. Wow, look at that, look at that, look at that. And both are surprised. Okay, but I tell you that praying by faith produces more miracles much more of the time than just hoping and praying that God's going to do something. Okay, so we're not into gambling here. I don't want to gamble with God. I need something that's going to work. 
when there is sickness in my home and there's something that has to be, I need something to, that's going to work. I need to pull on God by faith. And he answers faith. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God answers faith. Are you hearing? So there has to be faith on both ends. <clears throat> the one that is receiving is going to have to believe, believe that they're going to receive. Just like we talked about the, with the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, she came in the press behind Jesus and she said within herself, if I may just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. If I may just touch him. And she said it again and again and again, because remember, faith has a voice. It always speaks. Faith has a voice. It, it speaks just like doubt has a voice. It will speak to. Well, I hope so. I don't know. That's doubt. But faith has a voice and faith will speak. I know this is going to happen. If I can just do this, I know if I touch him, his garment, I shall be made whole. When I touch him, his garment, I shall be made whole. When I just touch him, then what happens when she gets him, she touches him. And what happens? Bang. She's made whole. Faith has a voice. So when you're coming in prayer, when, when you're praying with somebody, now remember, I'm not just talking about you come to this altar for prayer because your God is training you not to pray in this box, but he's praying, training you uh, to pray for that one at Walmart in the parking lot. He's training you to pray for that one in school. He's listen. If you listen to me, students, he's praying. He's um, training you to pray for your teachers. He's training you to pray for your principal. Amen, amen, amen. To have a prophetic word for the next for the uh, for the next generation. Are you hearing? But we have to be open and receptive to hear from God and allow Him to use us to release miracles in their lives. Does that make sense to you? <coughs> now. So, again, it, God wants us to model Christ. It is our responsibility to model Christ. I have to be like Christ. You have to be like Christ. It is a must. Now, when we're talking about, going back to the conversation I had with the lady on the phone, when we talk about modeling Christ or, or how Christ is like, or you hear people say, you've got to be like Jesus. You've got to be like Jesus. This is what you have to do. You have to be like Jesus. Most of the time when you hear people say you have to be like Jesus, they are talking about uh, loving like him, forgiving like him, giving like him, living a holy lifestyle like him. Right. Say so you got to be like Jesus. You know, the popular thing a few years ago was WWJD. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And people wore the badges. There's nothing wrong with that. The race bands, uh, the, the um wristbands. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would love this person. What would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would give uh, this person a meal. You know, what would Jesus do? Jesus would hug this person. Jesus would forgive this person. Uh, what would Jesus do? So we think about when we think about modeling Christ, um, that is one side, but that is not the only side. God does want you to live a moral life. Yes. But there's also another side to Christ, the side of power and authority. Power and authority. Do you understand that? So when I say to you that God wants you to model Christ or you to be like Christ, yes, it is being morally good, but it is also an operating in the supernatural. Because Jesus, yes, was good and is good, yes, but he also operated in the supernatural. 
He's called us to model him. Now let's look at some scripture. Uh, 1 John 2, verses uh, 1 through 6. And I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation this time. Again, we're going to go back and forth. King James really is my main root text. I love using this, but sometimes the New Living Translation just nails it. And so this is when I choose to use the New Living Living Translation. And this is one of those times. So if you had to um, get a Bible, a side-by-side commentary when you come here, use King James in New Living Translation because we're probably going to go uh, on those two texts. All right. <clears throat> this is First John, the second chapter. Are y'all with me? Are you pulling today? All right. Praise the Lord. First uh, John, the second chapter, verses one through six. And this is how it reads. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. I love that. If anyone does sin rather but if anyone does sin we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father he is jesus christ the one who is truly righteous verse 2 he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only ours but the sins of all the world verse 3 and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands, his commandments. Let me say that again. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Let me say that again. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Verse four. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar. And is not living in the truth. Oh, I love the boldness of the scripture. It makes it very plain. You say you know God, but you don't keep his commands. You don't keep his commandments. You're a liar. This bold face. Verse five. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Now, listen to verse six. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. How do we live in God? We keep his commandments. It starts off by saying don't sin. But to say don't sin. To. A human being is like telling someone that's addicted to chocolate, don't go in the, in the chocolate Hershey plant or something. Because there's something in us that cries out for the chocolate. That's the flesh. Can we be honest with that? Can we be honest? God tells you to do something that is impossible to the flesh but very possible to the spirit. All of us, all of us have something that we're dealing with. If you are born again, believer, you got something that you're dealing with. If you're not born again, you've got something that is dealing with you. The wrestling match does not stop when you get saved. No, God just gives you the power to wrestle it to the ground. 
If you're not dedicated to Christ, you've not born again, that thing is manhandling you. But when you're saved, born again, God gives you the power to manhandle it. Does that make sense? Or woman handle wherever you are. Are you, are you hearing? All right. The wrestling match is still on. It's still there. It's still happening. So it starts by saying, don't sin. An impossible action to the flesh. But by the spirit of God, extremely possible. You're going to have to depend on the Holy Spirit to make you like Jesus. You're going to have to endeavor to do his commands. Now, doing God's commands goes contrary to you, contrary to human nature. Human nature does not want to obey God. I can't get no talk. <laughs> the natural side of you does not want to obey God. You want to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, and how you want to do it, and where you want to do it. Amen. The natural man is rebellious Amen. to God. You want to have your cake, you want to eat it too, and if you could, you could smoke your cake. Yes, yes. <laughs> or however you want to say it. Are you hearing me? Natural man is rebellious to the things of God. This is why God says, well, the Lord Jesus said, you must be born again and have a renewed spirit, have a new spirit. And then have your mind renewed in the word of God. Have your mind reconditioned. I like the way um, one person said you have to have your mind brainwashed. You need your brain washed of the filth of the world. Are you hearing me? That's a negative word, Pastor. Brainwash? Is that what y'all teach now in your church? Brainwash? You do need your brain washed. You need your soul washed. Are you hearing? Amen. We need to be renewed. We need to yes. be cleansed yes, because all of our life we've been conditioned to the thinking of the world system. Yes, the main thought is, especially in our country, is to uh, make lots of money, uh, buy a big house, have a nice car, uh, have some nice clothes. Do what you want to do. Do what feels good. That is the main thought in our society. Go to school. Get a nice job, make plenty of money so you can retire, have plenty of assets, a big house, fancy car, nice clothes. Then people will really like you. That's the prevailing fault in this country. Money, 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 money. And if you have enough of it, you'll get uh, you'll get you'll be honored. You get a lot of attention. People will listen to you. That's the prevailing fault in our society. Isn't that right? And we've been conditioned for that all of our lives. All of our lives. It's been money, 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 stuff, 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 pay bill, pay bill, money, 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 stuff, stuff, stuff. We could all of our lives. And so now here we are on the Lord's side. And Jesus said, no, it's not about that. Now it's time for our minds to be washed, to be cleansed from that. Because he that would be rich will be pierced. They will pierce themselves through uh, with many sorrows. It's not about the money. 
It's about what you can do for Christ, what you're meant to do for God while you're in your body. Because if we fail that, you fail. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world? Oh, you've got success and everybody's clapping for you. Oh, you did so good. Oh, and you get an Emmy or a Golden Globe or you get awards and you got a raise and you got a promotion. Now you own the place. Woo! And dying goes straight to hell. What would it matter that you spent your whole life in the pursuit of stuff and never knew Christ. Now, there's nothing wrong with stuff. I want some more. But I can have stuff, but stuff doesn't have me. You can have stuff, but don't let stuff have you. Are you hearing? That's been our problem in this nation. And so the Lord said, I want you to hear again, verse number six, it says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. That's our goal. I want to live as Jesus did, not only in a good moral life, but also in great power and authority. Listen to first John, the fourth chapter, first John four verses 15 through 17. This is how it reads. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them. Let me say that again. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them. Is it, can anybody declare that openly? And then by scripture, you have God living in you. He goes on to say, and they live in God. So right now, let's let's take this as our current reality. If you are able to say, if you're able to declare from your innermost being that Jesus is the son of God. Then that means that God is living in you. That means that those who cannot declare this, God is not living there. And they are not living in him. Listen to verse 16. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Verse 17. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence. Wow. Stop there for a second. We can face here. Here are a group of people. They're called believers, born again believers that have God living on the inside of them. Here are people that say that they can face God on the day of judgment. On the day of wrath and eternal flames and fire. You think that horror movie, Jason and Friday 13th, you thought you were scared then. You thought you were scared on that, that nightmarish dream you had. You woke up. <laughs> oh, oh, it was a dream. You thought you were scared then. 
You haven't seen anything. When you stand before God. Stand before God. So here a group of people. Scripture calls them born again believers. That say on the day of judgment. They'll be confident. Everybody else shaking in the boots. But there, hey, how you doing? Let me give you an example of this. I have a little cat. My little cat's name is Sunday. And uh, sometimes other little furry creatures come into the yard. And some of them mean to do my cat harm, and I can't take that. No, no, no. No, no, no. But I know I don't have to do very much to make them all go away. All I have to do is just open my mouth with authority and say, go. And I see some of them other furry creatures. I see them jump and they run. When they hear my voice, go. They jump and they run. What does my cat do? Why are you yelling? What's going on? <laughs> Meow. They are terrified. But to my little cat, it shows love. Thank you for protecting me from these other furry creatures that are trying to come and uh, come upon my territory. My voice says love. My voice says it's time to eat. But to them, it terrifies them. But to my little cat, it gives her strength. They run from my voice, but she runs to my voice. Does that make sense to you? She knows me. They do not. On the day of judgment, when I pull up in my car and I see them up here trying to eat the food, oh, it's on in, Jack. It's the time of judgment. I didn't pay for all y'all rascals to eat here. Find yourself an animal shelter, praise the Lord, or I'll put some on the other side of the yard. But this is her kibbles and bits right here. Y'all ain't hearing me. And so the rest have to flee. I got something for you over there, but not right here. Are you hearing? So on the day of judgment, many will be terrified when they hear the voice and the voice of God and the lightnings and thunders of God and the wrath of God. They'll be terrified. But to us, hey, daddy. I'm so glad to see you. Your voice feels so good to me. It feels warm to me, refreshing to me. Your light brings me comfort. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Let's go back in the scripture. It says in verse number 17, and, and as we live in God, uh, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because, because what? Because we live like Jesus here in this world. We live like Jesus now. I love the way the King James Version says it. It says, 
uh, it says, herein is, is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. We have chosen to identify with the way Jesus is right now. That's a choice that you have to make. You have to choose to live like Christ. Say, I have no idea. Uh, people say, I have no idea, Pastor, I'd live like Jesus. Ask him. And he will walk you through the process. Study the Gospels, and he will walk you through the process. He'll lead you by his Holy Spirit. Are you hearing? What are his commandments? His commandments are to love God all your heart, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. They're not grievous. Now, let's go a little bit further before we close out today. Understand something. We said that we need to live like Christ morally. We need to live like Christ, live a, a holy and sanctified life. But again, it's going to take the spirit of God within you to do that. That is, you're going to have to cry out to him and ask him to help you. Yes. You're going to have to ask him to change you. Yes. Yes. And as you ask him, you will receive. Ask and you will receive. He said, what the Lord Jesus said, whatsoever you shall ask the father in my name, that shall I do. But we get this mixed up. We think we need to ask for stuff. Again, there's nothing wrong with stuff, but you waste the real, the real power and essence of God asking for temporary things. It's like a kid. Christmas time. Mama, I want this. I want the G.I. Joe. Ooh, mama. I want the G.I. Joe. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And for a little while, it's fun. A few months later, you find the other side of the room, not even play with anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. But that's how we are with our things, with stuff. It's all temporary. It gives you a temporary high, temporary fix. I'm telling you, instead of using your prayer power for temporary things, only temporary things, let's use your prayer power to have an intimate relationship with God. Listen to John 14. We quote this very often. John 14, verse 12, on the King James Version. This is what it says. John 14, verses 12 through 14, now the King James. It says this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. Does anybody believe in Jesus? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you a believer in Jesus? Yes. Say, I'm a believer in Jesus. Yes. All right. The Lord said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. Does anybody believe in Jesus? Yes. All right. He said, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. So, again, you ought to be like Jesus. Believing in him will cause you to begin to do the things that he did. Does that make sense? Verse 13 says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son. Verse 14, if ye shall ask anything, say anything. anything. If you will ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now that's a mighty powerful promise, isn't it? He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But see, many people talk about that, think about that as a genie in the bottle verse. All right, God, come on, let's rub. 
Let's rub, God. Here we go. Yeah, let me see what I want today. You said anything now. I'm rubbing, rubbing, rubbing. Well, I want my miracle. Where the smoke got this thing? Come on. I don't see no smoke, God. Come on. You said anything I want. So I want the lottery numbers, God. Come on. Give it up. 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 Give it up, give it up God. Give it up. Give it up. Come on. Give me a break. He said anything. Listen, God's word is conditional. You ought to know that by now. He says again, if you ask anything, I believe in First John, if you ask anything in, anything in accordance to his will, he hears you. You got to know his will. He'll answer you. It's like a parent tell the child, all right, here's your, it's Christmas time, and just give me your toy list. Tell me what you want, anything you want. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, within reason. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah. Within reason. Now, Johnny, you're five years old. No, you're not getting that BB gun. Because I know that you're not ready for that BB gun, Gene. I know you're not ready for it. So it's not many things. It's not that God does not want to release it to you. It may be good. It may be in his will. But sometimes we're just not mature enough to handle it. Gene. Mature enough to handle it. So I'm, I'm telling you, instead of asking for all these temporary things that are here today and gone tomorrow, we'll lose interest in tomorrow. Always, there's always going to be another bill. Do we not realize that yet? Most of our prayer time is filled with bills. You talk about bill all the time. Bill is in more, more of your prayers than Roger is. Bill, bill, bill. In Diane's case, it's Gene. We got, to, we got to land this plane now. I'm telling you that instead of you wasting this anything prayer on just another dollar that we'll get and then it's gone. Y'all know money has wings, right? It flies. Money is not a friend. When you need it most, it's gone. When you don't really need it, it hangs around you. It's not a friend. So instead of asking yet for another dollar only, I'm not, saying, I'm not telling you don't ask, but instead of just asking and using all of your prayer time to talk about stuff that won't even matter, Amen. Amen. let's ask God. We've got asking power. Say with me. I've got asking power. God gave you a blank check, basically. This is a blank check. He said, in anything you shall ask in my name, that will I do. This is a blank check. And instead of writing this for just stuff that won't matter, let's write it for, Lord, you said anything I shall ask uh, in your name. You said you do it. Okay. I ask you that you teach me how to pray. I ask you that I have a more intimate relationship with you. I ask you to help me to walk in accordance to your will for my life. I ask you that you will let me know your will for my life so I can stop stumbling in this life. I ask you, Father, to help me to live a holy life. He said, whatever you ask, if you ask anything, I will do it. We're wasting all these blank checks 
And wouldn't it be sad for someone to finally, you're born again believer, and you finally stand before God, and you've gotten all this stuff throughout this life, but you've never known him. Never spent time to know him. Jesus, Jesus. On that note, let me tell you a little story and then we'll close out here today. <clears throat> there, was a, there was a rich man that owned um, several Walmart franchises. This is a story. Pooh, this is a story, okay. <laughs> he owned several Walmart franchises. I think about six or seven different Walmart stores. He owned the whole thing, all the stores. And he was led to go by an orphanage. And he picked up, he had his vans to go and pick up uh, 30 children, 30 children. And there's a couple of different vans. And he got them in front of the store. He had the store closed down because he's the owner. He closed the store, except for the employees that were there. And he got the children. They got the children out the van. You can see them. <laughs> Walmart, Walmart. <laughs> and so they all gathered right there. He got them gathered right there at the front area, uh, you know, by the front of the store. You know, they walked through the front doors, went in uh, to that front meeting area. And he told them, he said, children, you know, I really love you very much. 30 children, they're all, they're all there, they're sitting on the ground. They're all orphans. Five, six, seven, eight. Maybe the oldest one is 11. But 30 children. He said, I love you very much. And he said, anything that you see in this store, anything, I own it. Anything you see in this store that you want, all you've got to do is ask me for it. It's yours. Whatever you see in this store is yours. <laughs> Those little faces said, what? <laughs> well, they went around. Some got shopping carts, and they went off in this direction and that direction. And other employees were helping them. You want that? And so they climbed the ladder and put, put, picked this off the top shelf. You want the bicycle? You want this? You want that? And then some of them, some of the little ones, they got pretty creative. I think some of the old ones, they say, anything, huh? Yes, anything you like. Well, I want what's in register one, register two, <laughs> register three, register four. If that's what you want, anything. Well, I want the jury in the case too. If that's what you want, anything. I told you, anything. Huh, all right. And so as all the children were running around, running, getting different things, but there was one child that just sat there. All his friends were running all over the store, but just one child just sat there. And he grabbed a piece of paper, and he began to write something on it. And so the other employee said, uh, son, don't you, don't you know what's going on here? Don't you, don't you understand the opportunity that he just gave you? He said, yes, I understand. He said, don't you want to go? No, I'm good. I said, what? And so finally, all the other kids came back shopping carts, and some had money and other things. They all came back, and one by one, the store owner said, all right, it's yours. Shopping cart, all right, it's yours. Shopping cart, all right, it's yours. Finally got to the young man that just sat there. He finally got up from the floor, and the store owner said, 
didn't you understand what I was saying? Time is up now. He said, yes, I understood. He said, you said I could get whatever I wanted to in the store, whatever I saw. Yes, that's right. Well, I want a daddy. Would you be my daddy? And that little boy actually got it. He got it. Because understood, he won the father's heart. And now because he's in the father's heart, there is nothing the father wouldn't do for him. And now the little boy grows up in his house as a son and one day will inherit everything. Did you get that? So the others went out with a shopping cart, a few thousand here and there from the registers. Go. But you don't understand the truth of what God has given you, the opportunity that is given to you. You can go through life filling your baskets up with things if you like and miss the opportunity to receive the heart of God. Because your father wants to give you everything. All you have to do is ask. We're done today. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So before we go any further, before we go any further, just take this moment right now and speak to your father. We pray that you were richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you. And we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.